1: It's been a while, <laughs> but we're back. Well, we're back. I, I obviously haven't been anywhere, but, but <laughs> no. you have been, and it's probably appropriate for me to welcome you back to podcasting in general. I'm still a co-host, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen welcome to the return of after the checkered flag
2: oh. Me and paul, Wallison, or
1: paul wallace and this has, I... doesn't
2: have auto-tune it had auto-tune last time oh i'll work on that my soon. voice sounded better
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you thought um, but yes uh, I, I maybe you didn't know this existed um but this is paul and i's f1 d- dedicated podcast <laughs> And we did do it quite regularly uh, for a while, at least last year. <laughs> last season,
2: we were we were hot on it. And it kind of feels like this season, or at least the second half of the season, I did say that I would try and avoid international travel. And things changed. <laughs> yeah. So
1: if you're wondering where we have been, um, well, just kind of working on other things, if I'm honest. So I know a lot of you have been frustrated that there haven't been many episodes of After the Checkered Flag uh, this year. Look, we've been frustrated as well, got to be honest. Oh, yeah. we, we love doing these, but two things happened. Firstly, we got busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Paul and I uh, have had great years uh, where we've been working very hard on lots of other projects, which just meant consistently being in the country around Grand Prix weekends wasn't really a thing. Um, and then on top of that, I think we've got to be brutally honest The season at one stage got a little dull. Was the one stage the entire season? Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think last year was obviously one of the greatest seasons we've seen in Formula 1 history. And we had a lot to talk about. Every weekend, we had a lot to talk about.
2: But the races just got better and better.
1: And the controversy and the drama, there was always something to discuss no matter who you were supporting Mm. up and down the field. Yeah. Where this year, yes, of course, there has still been a lot going on and we're going to touch on it today in our season review. fundamentally it was one of the more dominant seasons we've watched with one driver and one team really cleaning up and and that's nothing new for formula one right we've seen it over and over again whether you like that driver or not even in the years that hamilton was dominating schumacher was dominating vettel was dominating it can still be boring Mm. even if you're a mega formula one fan so yeah we skipped a few races because we were like i don't think we've got much to talk about
2: we actually watched them. But we just skipped them in terms of coming on and doing a review, and we realised, I suppose, halfway through this hiatus—should we call it hiatus? Yeah, let's call it hiatus. because yeah. we're back. Um, that we realised that our current structure of trying to jump on straight after a race to give that rich and almost
1: impactful review wasn't quite working for our schedules. That's exactly it, and and just in terms of what we were talking about mm. offline yeah. by our WhatsApp or phone calls or when we saw each other, we we basically were like, we need to move away from the race reviews mm. because we've got a lot that we want to discuss within Formula One. There's a lot going on that we want to chat about with Formula One. We still have lots of opinions about Formula One. But... Really, really unexpert opinions. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like the main podcast. <laughs> we are uninformed enthusiasts, very keen to say. Um but yeah, it is the the race review format wasn't our thing. So we started to get to work behind the scenes and thinking how can we kind of reinvent the show, reinvent the wheel, come back with a show that we can create more consistently but also be more motivated to record in the sense where we weren't going to go, well, that was a bit of a boring race. We haven't got much to talk about because you know, aside from the racing there's always stuff to talk about the world the
2: world of f1 is is worth diving into shall we say it's rich (laughs) in terms of content
1: (laughs) and so part of our restructuring of the episodes is also a rehoming of the video version of this show
2: i'm waving for the video viewers
1: okay so yes if you are watching us you'll be watching us on Recast. Oh, yeah, baby. Um, so just like with the main show, if you don't know about Recast, they used to do a lot of stuff in sports, but they're now expanding uh, into the creator space. So, yeah, if you want the episodes kind of as soon as they're available, they'll be they'll go out on Recast first. As, as video versions, they'll go out on Recast first. And then about five days later, they'll be available audio only, on your usual free platforms, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and things like that. But yeah, if you want to watch our lovely faces-
2: (laughs) I've got a really funny idea, going back to a very early Goodwood Festival of Speed. Do you remember, on the Saturday, we decided to try and outdo each other with the worst shirt possible. Every week, we should try and have a competition of who can dress the worst- I would win. (laughs) Where the viewers can actually come in and be like, Paul definitely won that. Because <laughs> yeah. so, it would be hilarious to see what you turn up in. And Ferrari merchandise
1: yeah, is banned. I, no, <sighs> that's <laughs> my whole wardrobe. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so that, that's kind of the update. That's where we've been. Now we're back. As I say, if you want the episodes as soon as possible, head over to Recast. You can either buy credits, which will allow you to watch the content. You can earn credits um, by watching ads on Recast, or what we'd prefer you to do, sharing the content. That's all about us growing the audience. If you share our podcast with your mates and encourage them to go watch it on Recast, you will earn credits back, which will top up your wallet, meaning you can enjoy future content. Um, But if you don't want to do that, and if you're happy to wait and you're not that fast, um, then of course you can continue to listen to us audio only. Mm. So now we've got the admin out of the way. Now we've yeah. got the updates out the way. Now we're back officially. Mm. Let's just get into a mm. season review because we've missed so much. <laughs> and it's sort of hilarious that we're coming back at the end of the season. But I think
2: that's actually the right time too.
1: I think that's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it means that we've got loads to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it means we can get excited about next year because we're not the only ones that thought 2022 was, as an in, in its whole
2: as its as its entity entirety entirety or as an individual entity
1: it's great that we're hosting a podcast. and can't speak (laughs) don't know the english language but yeah either way (laughs) as a whole not good (laughs) (laughs) just like our vocabulary if you're Um, if
2: you're a lewis hamilton supporter i should probably add if you're a max verstappen fan
1: no but i think even if you were a max fan and correct me if you're wrong max fans because you do tune in just to berate us but I think you can admit it was not that exhilarating a season. In comparison
2: to last season. In comparison to lots of season. I wonder how many Max fans
1: there are after Brazil. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to be getting into too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think most of us are excited for 2023 because I say no matter who you support in Formula 1, competitiveness is what we usually enjoy seeing. Um, hey, so we got that what... with the new cars.
2: Let's, let's talk about in terms of how close people... Did could... we? I think so. Mm. Tony would argue otherwise saying... Ah, Tony's well... not here,
1: Paul. Oh, Okay. Let's not involve him in this podcast because... Good idea. ...his opinions on F1 are <laughs> not ones that I enjoy. Um, I, th-
2: I think in general, other than Red Bull obviously building and having a faster car, mm-hmm. throughout the field, I reckon the majority would agree with me to say that cars were able to follow a lot closer.
1: Yes, I, yes cars were able to follow closer, and we probably saw some uh, extended racing as in like you know they were battling for longer yeah yeah, yeah. closer together all that stuff because Vettel
2: in the US Grand Prix of the last lap
1: unbelievable yeah great and could he have followed through those corners in the old in the old cars maybe not
2: that's how he did he win the Hungarian no it was Ocon he couldn't follow Ocon yeah exactly (laughs) he couldn't get past Ocon yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: um so my thing is whilst it may have made or allowed the cars to be closer and made some of the racing more, more competitive it did spread out the field as well. Yeah. You know, it did create a situation. So, so what Tony's big thing is, why bring Tony's this podcast again? His big whole thing was like, oh, well it's not made the racing better because look, it's just one team dominating. But Mm. I agree with your point that when they were in a position to be able to battle, they could follow each other for longer and we saw some good racing, but we also saw some great racing last year. So fundamentally it was a bit of formula one, I think just kind of repeating that same old formula of, or well, one team's dominating so let's change the rules oh another team dominates yeah you know the formula 1 was still formula 1 yeah what we thought we would do though just to kind of you know get into this season review is just do a bit of a, a driver ratings off the cuff Driver off the ratings. I've not.
2: I've not prepared for this no. at all. I've walked through this door ten minutes ago, and Sam goes.
1: Oh, by the way, we're just going to rate all of the drivers. So my <laughs> ratings are going to be all over the place. So am I. I have not made any notes in advance. I don't really know what I'm going to say. The ratings are going to be out of ten, which is okay. Tough because I feel like we're going to have a lot of people around the eight or nine <laughs> mark. But that's all right. But what we'll do is we'll give an off-the-cuff rating, just off the fly. Yeah. So we haven't thought about this in advance. Quick fire quick-fire rating, and then a bit of a quick-fire summary. Okay. If we go into each driver's season, uh, this will be a four-hour-long episode. <laughs> and maybe die-hard flag flag fans will enjoy that. I think that's a bit too long. <laughs> so, Okay, so I'm going to skip... Well, actually, I'm not going to skip past... 22nd of the Drivers' Championship, now returning for 2023, Nico Hülkenberg. Yeah. Obviously, uh, raced with Aston I- I'm Martin. E- I'm
2: excited to see him back on the grid next I'm year. I'm not that
1: excited. Really? Yeah, give a... Oh, whoa, say. whoa,
2: whoa. This new home has got whoa. a whole lot of more explicit. <laughs> whoa.
1: Like, no, I am, I am, I am. Oh, him, him and K Mag. He should have. Well, this whole thing of like the best driver to never get a podium. he never got a podium. Yeah. I mean, fact, it's just straight mm. facts. Like, his teammates did. Other drivers in less competitive cars did. Is there a reason why Nico Hockenberg never got a podium? Mm. Mm. Well, let's see. And he's old. Yeah, but K Mag got pole. I love K Mag. Yeah. All over K Mag. Do I think K Mag's better than Hulkenberg? I think I do. Mm. Mm. So let's skip Hulkenberg. Let's skip Hulkenberg. Because <laughs> I don't think he's due a rating, you know, super sub. And I'm not going to give the next man a rating either, but we just have to touch on him, Nick DeVries. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2023 driver. Absolutely nailed it. I mean, that is the sort of epitome of when you get your shot, grab it with both hands. Yeah. I mean, what edge. Because now he's really set the bar high. <laughs> what for,
2: nice. for what could, nice. quite possibly, <laughs> could quite possibly be quite a disappointing
1: 2023. Well, let's see. Mm. Alpha Tauri, I'm sure we'll get into it. Not a great 2022. <laughs> um, but, I mean, what a talent he proved he could be. Yeah, um, You know, obviously successful in his junior categories. And for well, look Lee. what George
2: did when he stepped in for Lewis in the Merc at um,
1: Bahrain. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Improved what would later become his uh, destiny <laughs> um, or gave an I- inclination beating lewis beating lewis <laughs> uh, awkward um so yeah let's get into full-time drivers yeah yeah full season drivers permanent, the permanent fixtures unsurprisingly in last nicholas latifi as some people say online go tifi go tifi the <laughs> greatest of
2: all lost yeah. Suzuka?
1: <laughs> so <laughs> off the cuff rating go three three yeah 3.5 <laughs> i mean he was definitely he's definitely down the very bottom he admitted his worst season and he's not had many good seasons
2: <laughs> what i don't understand with him is how can he be aware of how far back he is on the grid and not really look like he's doing anything about it
1: yeah i just don't think i, I mean i don't have the skill i wouldn't have the skill but I don't think he has the ability to improve. But that's what I mean. Is he really at the top of peak of his ability? Is he there? Tapped out. That's <sighs> all he's got. Yeah. And clearly, he just couldn't get to grips with these new rules. The mm, the mm. change in dynamics of the car didn't agree with him. As I say, I wouldn't know where he'd gone by turn two if I was on no. track with him. He's a Formula One driver. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to knock him that hard. <laughs> yeah. But he wasn't destined to race consistently no. Race, no. race uh, consistently This season for him level. was a meme. It was not <laughs> That's he's it. He's given us great content. <laughs> yeah. We will not remember him for long.
2: But we, we will... We will, for all of the wrong reasons, yes. as an F1 driver, should be remembered. Of course. <laughs> there have been plenty of drivers of Latifi's <laughs> Like zero, zero recognition at Abu Dhabi. <laughs> that was his last call. Last
1: See you, mate. Yeah. Adios. <laughs> and there wasn't even a statement where he was like, I'm going to be back on the grid in 2024. <laughs> yeah. As Mick Schumacher was <laughs> pretending to claim. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Latifi, sorry, mate. Three and three and a half. Uh, now surprisingly next on the list and I I just want to touch about Williams Alex Albon Mm. 19th with four points only double the points of Latifi that's actually quite surprising Uh, from the outside if you look at the season as a whole in my head I was like Albon's done an amazing Mm. job at Williams especially when he had red hair i feel like he'd been there in q3 a number of times feel like he'd scored points a number of times a lot of noise but god albon like four times apparently (laughs) or or less yeah 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 i I can't remember where he finished every race but i mean yeah i had assumed he'd done better than that so i'm gonna come out and give albon a seven and a half oh wow yeah i was coming in at a five why well it's just like bang average you don't think he outperformed that not, car? Not really. Really? Yeah. If in general, the whole season he's only scored four points and Latifi well, latif Latifi scored two, is a good point. I mean, my, my point being that car's clearly crap. It came la- like it's last in the mm. championship. It's a crap car.
2: Yeah. Well, and he still scored four points.
1: Well, but we thought he did better than he has done. Surely that means that... Well, I've, I would have probably given him a three. Oh.
2: So I've given him a five. So wow. he has done better than...
1: <laughs> really? That's so brutal. I, I, yeah, but the car is crap not him i thought he did great this year
2: yeah but has he got an opportunity to drive a faster car next year no but was that ever on the agenda no but i mean if you're outperforming a slow car then potentially there are faster
1: drives for you out there and they've chosen other drivers interesting point very interesting point and yeah okay Ryle wow. fine didn't see that coming uh, i like him Apparently <laughs> <Well>, probably not <laughs> <laughs> next up on the list uh, uh joe Granue. granu yeah. joe yeah david croft can't seem to under uh, decide yeah. which yeah. way he's going uh but obviously yeah joe we will call him for uh, about romeo yeah apart from silverstone well <laughs> arguably wasn't necessarily his fault yeah. again i think a good season my off-the-cuff rating for granu joe I'm being brutal. Six is harsh, uh, but I'm gonna uh, go six. Yeah,
2: I was going six. Yeah. I, I just kind of feel like he's been a bit of a grid filler, but at the oh. same time, oh, at gosh, the same you are not time, back to well because. In my mind, and I think we both touched upon it before we started this, like the F1 season, our memories have been a little bit like a goldfish. You described our memories this season anyway. It's been difficult to remember those moments. The only moment I really remember was obviously Silverstone. Um, And other than that, Bottas is far stronger in my mind in the same car for being a lot
1: better. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at the points, Valtteri Bottas with forty-nine points in the book compared to Guanajuato's six shows so,
2: shows that I think Bottas was underestimated by a lot of people as number two driver, <laughs> oh,
1: including, including, including you. That's such
2: an including
1: obvious. Including you now, Bottas is left. Look how good he is. Yeah, he fantastic. Was never, he was never bad. He just wasn't good enough at Mercedes. That was mm, the whole point. Yeah, he's a great driver at Alfa Romeo. Yeah, and so what did you give um Guan a six? A six. What would you give Bottas? an eight and a half yeah so I mean, that reflects that, that, that reflects points. the points though yeah yeah but i think i mean joe i think i'm pretty sure one rookie of the year from f1 as an award um and was he the only rookie <laughs> <laughs> I, was I, was just, tr- I was just i was trying to rack my brains there i'm
2: sure i'm sure <laughs> did he win- The only
1: rookie, was really well devries for one was joe the only rookie this year we surely mad? not
2: surely not
1: are we going mad we're going mad sorry for this intermission well this sums up our podcast <laughs> absolutely mate he, there was, rookie, he was
2: isn't he was so of course he won rookie of the year <laughs> i'm such an idiot I well deserved six out of ten
1: <laughs> next on the list old yuki Sonoda. yeah i mean
2: completely erratic as normal
1: do you think he was any less erratic than last year um
2: no, and I actually think he almost contributed or feels like contributed less this year, especially considering where Alpha as a constructor finished. Um, I would go Sonoda 5. I think Guan Yuzhou has done more and been more impressive than Sonoda, so I'm going to have to try, try and like level out these drivers now with their ratings.
1: I couldn't tell you one thing Sonoda has done this other than year, other
2: swear profusely
1: so I'll give him a five as well. There'll be people telling me, oh, but what about his point scoring finish at? Sure. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. It. Yeah. I, I don't remember it. So you're right. I think Tari had a, a dog of a season. Mm. Um, and and I'm sure we'll touch on that when we quickly rattle through the constructors. But yeah, just a, just a fairly unmemorable. I think last year was a more memorable season because he was so erratic. Yeah. He probably did cool down a bit this year. And, but I worry for him going up against um, uh, De Vries at uh, AlphaTauri. I, I I don't know how competitive he'll look against him. Obviously Gasly looked like he always had the upper hand over Sonoda, but I really like Yuki Sonoda. Uh, yeah, I think I he think brings he, great yeah. entertainment to the sport. Uh, I just don't think it was a particularly compelling season for him. As I said, I'm not sitting there going, wow, what a what a great season in a crap car. Uh, yeah,
2: I really can't remember any moment on track or even pre or post-race mm. where I've gone, yeah, like there's that, there's well, there's our, right, our, right. our Yuki. Yeah. Um right. I'm sure we'll get that with drive to survive that's going to come out 2023 because personality is amazing yeah yeah, really. yeah.
1: and we're going to need it next year with the people that are leaving us oh God. For those of you watching by the way uh, my dog twiggy is here today and she is in a very bored mood needy needy bored mood. you are needy but well, don't encourage her don't make her ears pricked if you make eye contact oh, okay. she'll never leave oh, you alone okay. oh, you're screwed oh, God. God. so next on the list we've got mick schumacher so mm. you touched on people leaving us yeah. yeah and that's it he's gone yeah he's gone Mick I'm not sure he's going to come back um, um, Schumacher leaving the grid I'll give him a six yeah because I think at times he put in a couple of results yeah. but fundamentally he just smashed up the car all year like he did last year <laughs> yeah and kind of proved that maybe last year's car wasn't quite as bad as we all thought potentially it was just him and Mazepin being a little useless, useless. <laughs> um, you know for Magnussen to come back of uh, for me was it a year off or or an event, straight in. school him race like race him. one yeah, so uh, I give him a six for the effort, but his whole chat of looking and working for a race seat in 2024, I'm sorry, I just yeah. I, I don't see no, it happening, I, I think, Mick. Uh, I'm the biggest Schumacher fan in the world. I don't think he's done enough to put his foot into the Formula One no. world. He, he had his shot, he had his moment. He's been dropped by Ferrari, he's been dropped by Haas. Adios, mate, sorry.
2: Yeah. 4.5 for me. Ooh! I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm harsh. I'm harsh because I'm just waiting for, like, the top five drivers.
1: So what do you give old Lance Stroll? I think he's almost as Yuki Tsunoda as Yuki is. I'm going to give him a two. A two? Do you know why I'm going to give him a two? Despite the fact that he scored some points and he had a couple of good results, he nearly killed two yeah. of our greatest drivers, <laughs> yeah. Alonso and Vettel, kind of back-to-back <laughs> yeah, weekends. Yeah, Just went kamikaze. Yeah. And, and just proved that, once again, he's just a bit of a prick. Yeah you know and yeah, he, mean, he, no spatial awareness and we've
2: we've completely tarnished and burnt the bridges of any sponsorship from Lawrence Stroll haven't we
1: don't think it was going to happen anyway I'm pretty sure he's trying <laughs> to sell us to Martin but, um, <laughs> yeah Lance come on mate you've been in the sport way too long now like genuinely way yeah, too long yeah he
2: is the epitome of
1: of paying for a seat yeah but he has flashes of brilliance yeah every now and again you go oh wow like yeah. look at Lance that's alright but,
2: but he, he only beat Vettel at Abu Dhabi based on strategy right
1: he I, only, I believe he, yeah. so yeah I, I, and I, all in all, I just feel like he, does, he just doesn't care. I feel like he just, he's not that no, fast. No, he's so definitely he, he is really. definitely,
2: um, his. he's living his dad's dream.
1: Yeah, I think you're very right there. It's going to be fascinating to see how he gets on with Alonso. Yeah. Because I think that's going to be a big old clash. Yeah. But that's what yeah. So how do you rate Pierre Gasly then? Because he's only 14th in the Constructor Championship, 23 points. So sort of not quite double but very nearly double Sonodas, but a dog a dog of a car that Alpha this year
2: It, it definitely hasn't been that good and I do wonder because there was a lot of Pierre Gasly chat looking for a new seat quite early on in the season I wonder whether he just kind of checked out quite early on and also we got during the middle middle stages of the season a lot of complaints from him about the car I remember, like, more vividly than anything that Sonodra or Stroll's done on track, Gasly complaining about those brakes on that Alpha Tauri. And so he obviously was done, maybe had his new drive agreed very early on,
1: and was just like, I'm out of it. Like, I just don't
2: care anymore. Clocked out. Yeah.
1: What about, do you remember all his penalty points? There was a really (laughs) high risk that he was going to get a a ban, a race ban, because the amount of uh, penalty points that he had on his license. Um, So, kind of a reckless year from his as well. Like, says, he's getting right, in trouble. Look, at, look and- at Japan as well. <laughs> like when he flew,
2: like pitted and then flew past. I mean, that's a whole other thing to talk about. The one thing that I'm quite looking forward to is obviously that. I think that Alpine is going to be. Can, can, Increasingly competitive. Well, I. I, I, see, I see <laughs> yeah, it. you uh, can't say and then assume within the next 20 years they might win a world championship <laughs> just so that you can go back to your reference in 2021 of I knew they would do it. Uh, 2021
1: season preview was Alpina, the underdogs. Alpina, the ones they've been working so hard. This is their moment. Kind of was. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah. not to win the championship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next in the championship, Kevin Magnuson, K Mag. I mean, what a year! Yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to give him a eight, eight point five as well. I was going to go. Yeah. No, I don't think he's a, of the echelons of a nine or a ten that we'll reserve for for some of the top drivers, maybe. But but a great great year and dragged so much pace out of a not and and got, and got quite
2: unlucky. Yeah, a undefeated. lot of, a lot of the time he he got unlucky, but maybe that was partly his positioning of the car and maybe he just made it look like he was the victim on track, but also
1: he got unlucky. But Haas had a bit of a mid-season slump mm. and he still came on strong towards the end of the year. So no, I think, I think he did great. I think go K-Mag, great yeah, to have you back. Yeah. You say, you know, you secured your seat for next year. Schumacher lost his. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see him going up against Hulk. As I say, I, I think he'll have the upper hand over But Hulk. do you
2: think seeing, at, from, from Hulkenberg's perspective, seeing K-Mag come in and almost be a hero of, for the Haas team, do you think Hulkenberg's going to see that as, right, there's the bar? I've got a. have got Yeah. To, I think yeah, he will. Absolutely. Because they've, they've both come back to a team having had F1 experience. Older, so
1: more experienced drivers.
2: He will have that comparison. Yeah. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't live up to the hype, like he could be out at the end of the
1: season. For sure. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. no. no I think, I think it's, I think it's a lot for both of them. I think they both got a really, you know, it's, <laughs> we, it's we know they work well together. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that don't know, they don't work well together. <laughs> <laughs> they've often buttered heads. Uh, sense, on track and off track. sarcasm. Yeah. Uh, number 12 in the championship old sebastian vettel Mm. Mm. i mean
2: everyone everyone is sad about him leaving the sport i think he are they too sad well (laughs) yes yes that's where i was going with it (laughs) i I think um i think off track he has been entertaining i think on track um i mean i actually thought about this last night because i knew that I was coming in to do this today i actually think if he had the mclaren drive uh, over danny rick he would have out, outperform what danny rick did in that mclaren agreed so i think that the move to aston martin was the wrong one that maybe has accelerated his retirement of him leaving the sport
1: fair yeah um, I, I see where you're going with that yeah
2: but i've enjoyed i've enjoyed seeing a, a different side to him beyond the driver mm-hmm. because i think when we saw him at red Bull and then at ferrari all we saw was the driver and i got incredibly frustrated with Uh, the way he drove and obviously going up against Lewis like I was always championing Lewis so naturally having that rivalry with Vettel I was frustrated by him being the driver but then as he kind of moved away from Ferrari and you saw obviously all the politics that went into that and then we just started to see him come out of his show a little bit more and I've listened to the official F1 podcast with the interview with him and he just is a super interesting guy and I think saw the opportunity to use his platform for the greater good beyond him just being a driver. So um, I would give him six and a half.
1: Okay, I'm going to completely go the opposite direction with you on this. I will give him uh, an eight. For what? what? I think he outperformed that car at a few races. Not every race, but I think think he did outperform it. I think once he'd announced his retirement, we saw Vettel of old. I think he, he produced some really top, top results, top, top racing, sorry, I should say, um, once he announces retirement. I think, look, it's easy to slate him because he had some dodgy years, right? So, you know, obviously the Ricardo year at Red Bull at the end of his championship run, the Leclerc year at Ferrari, and Aston Martin definitely, I think, hasn't worked out like he wanted to or had planned, but he got a podium here and there, you know. he He, he, he did all right. Yeah. The hair this year was a disaster. Mm. I've got to touch on it. He looked like a homeless man. I don't know what was going on there. Maybe he's going to donate it to someone. Well, he's getting into farming, isn't he? Oh, my God. But just doesn't need that hair. Um, I think. Sorry, that
2: was a real generalization that once you're into farming, you just become a tramp.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not the case. Definitely not the case. Um, Yeah, I was like a bit like the whole crazy viewer of Vettel departing. it was just a bit too much. Like we've seen lots of champions go from the sport over the years and Vettel had definitely passed his peak in terms of results. Whether he's passed his peak in terms of performances, we don't know, but it's been a while since Vettel has been really competitive within the sport. Um, uh, And so he was on the way down and, and we've seen that. And I don't know, it was just like, it wasn't a shock. He announced it a long time ago. And like Hamilton and Alonso said, he'll probably be back. You know, if I was Audi right now, working towards 2025, new regulations, more synthetic fuels, etc., I'd be thinking we're going to go hard on the carbon neutral and green side of our involvement in Formula Get One. Get Nico
2: Rosberg, oh, and Sebastian uh, Vettel, in that <laughs> definitely not Rosberg, but you know,
1: speak to Vettel now and yeah. say, "Look, let's let's work towards this." It replicates the Schumacher career, which is basically all that Vettel was obsessed with. Come back after three years' time. In a German team, German squad, bring all of your expertise and your knowledge. Like That's the pitch I'd be going for, but maybe he'll step away and his environmentalism will go, actually, it, it's really not right for me to be involved in that sport. But yeah, obviously gutted for him to go, sure. But he was on the way down in yeah, his career. Yeah. That's the, I think he's still got some amazing results in him, but was he going to win another world championship? I don't see it. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see it. So
2: Well, he just would never been offered the drive to be in a car that has the potential to win a world championship so at that point i think in in all of the careers it was a a twilight period that was i wouldn't necessarily say fading because obviously he's got that performance and like when whenever you saw a wet qualifying or a wet race he was there or thereabouts up with alonso and lewis as we talked quite a lot on whatsapp like the the true greats could shine through the real adverse weather
1: conditions just based on experience and feel. Absolutely. And then to finish off the bottom 10 of the championship, in 11th, Daniel Ricardo. Yeah. Points, please. Rating? <laughs> even. Five? Four? I think four. Mm. Shocker of a year. Mm. Shock- I mean, I just got worse, if anything. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and
2: I, c- I, I couldn't work it out because I think if you look at Gasly and you can see where his attention or kind of energy was going away from the team, um, what happened to Danny Rick then? Like, if if Gas, I just kind of was just... What was he doing if he was co- continually outperformed by Lando? First, it shows how good Lando is. Um, but also, he just still smiled and had that same energy throughout the paddock which in a way is great but how can you be that chirpy and upbeat when fundamentally everything you, you are an F1 driver you are supposed to be like tuned to be as competitive as possible like i don't understand how someone can be that happy and chirpy in all of the interviews and a great personality in the paddock and yet for the actual job that he's being paid to do be performing so badly and then it not come across in his uh, other areas of
1: agreed life. and it's a bit like latifi mm. just never seemed to improve the whole year yeah yeah yeah. there was no no progress he It was, wasn't
2: like right i need to spend another two hours in the sim or i need to be in the gym because i need to do that like there well, was i'm sure no, he was trying i'm sure he was yeah that's worrying but just wasn't going yeah to that, doesn't so. doesn't deserve a drive in my opinion and whilst it is sad because he is a bit of a legend uh, in the paddock and has had some amazing memories on track. He's one of those drivers who's never quite made it. No,
1: no. Well, well. since he left Red Bull. Yeah. You know, Red Bull, you saw it going, he could be a champion one day. And then since he left Red Bull. Yeah, he's
2: just kind of existed at the wrong time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's that's a good point. He's a bit like the um, Murray or the... Well, I of mean, example of yeah, him. even... But Murray won Grand Slam. He did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, my tennis... It's, 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 not it's good kind of... <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's, what, it's like a top 10 tennis player that existed during the nadal federer djokovic era where if if he existed in a different decade or era he probably would have won grand slams but hasn't because Uh, they've just taken everything
1: bastards (laughs) (laughs) so now we move into the top 10 of mm. the championship uh, in 10th we already mentioned briefly uh, Valtteri Bottas yeah uh, I can't remember what I th- didn't I say I was going to give him an 8 or something, something like, like that yeah, yeah. so yeah I- I'll-, I'll repeat point Seven, five for me yeah like solid did a good job everything I expected of him every now and again I'd look up
2: at the the order and just see him in like P5 and be like what
1: yeah how's that happen and then
2: realise that he's actually like drew a pit yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah more so at the start of the year they had a strong start of The year. I think yeah, Alfred Romeo yeah. struggled to keep up with the development midway through the year so the the results kind of tailed off but- or,
2: or was that just ferrari being like yeah can, can you stop because you're-
1: it's <laughs> really bad you're making yeah. really bad now. we'll turn your engines down <laughs> um but yeah so solid from bottas i think uh, in that new role um at alpha uh p9 uh fernando alonso mm-hmm now, if you are a new listener to this podcast, we struggle with old Alonso. We do. I mean, there's going to be so many of you listening going, oh, look at him. If he was in a red bull, he would have won that championship, not Max. Like, I know he's got a huge fan base. People are obsessed. People are going to point out all the incredible results he got this year and the fact that he's 82 years old and he's still banging. I couldn't care less. No. Just because I don't like him,
2: I'm sorry. No. It's a personal opinion. I'd like to know the t-shirt sales at Alpine, though. Are you think sh- that through
1: the roof? I think less so sh- than I'm you. Sh- I'm sure they've done all right. Sure, they do well, not that well because he's buggered off. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I will actually... give him though. I'll give him a nine. <sighs> I'll give You're him. You're really a nine. kind. I mean, he's not been knock on, but I'll give him a nine. Mm. Uh, yeah, I would probably have to
2: give him a, a seven and a half to an eight. I would say because he has shown his kind of legendary world championship driving status in a car that really is fourth or fifth on the grid in the grand scheme of performance. Um, But I just kind of in a way applaud how, how much he's trolling the sport, but at the same time it's almost disrespecting it in a way. And he's definitely disrespected Alpine um, I know there was a, a, an event that he was supposed to do in Japan because I was also supposed to be there. Um, and neither of us turned up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, as much as he proved that, yes, he, he is obviously still a.
0: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to health care. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com
1: fantastic driver. He also proved that he is toxic in a team environment. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. once again he is leaving a team kind of in what's it called um in bad light, yeah. you know, he, he sodded off. Left
2: on bad terms.
1: Left on bad terms. For the last three races, to said, I can't wait for it to be done. Like, only got a few races left, thank yeah. God. Clearly didn't get on with Ocon at all. They were clashing throughout the year, on track Who does and he get off. on with then? No one. Yeah. You know, and he did all these posts, like, he's oh, just a sad God, Spaniard. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and you know, I don't think he's going to get on well at Aston Martin. I have to say, I really see oh, that as falling you, apart very quickly. If you thought, I,
2: I think Ocon would be far more tolerable than Stroll.
1: Absolutely. But also Lawrence Stroll, I think as a, oh, I just, I just don't see Alonso in that environment. I mm. don't necessarily see the car being overly competitive. And I,
2: yeah, I just, oh, I don't know. I, I I think he should, I think he should just get a dog and go and
1: live in his house. <laughs> <laughs> but i was gonna say he's got a point to prove put him in a competitive car he'll win races <laughs> yeah. maybe he will but oh. oh it's just old yeah um and then you wanted to slag off Arcon, so i'll give you that opportunity what? now
2: well I, I didn't say i didn't say necessarily slag off i just kind of struggle with him like i don't warm to his personality no. off the grid but everyone that is there and whenever martin brundle does a grid walk he says oh he's such a fantastic boy such a great guy but the moment you get those team radios when he's racing he is he just has zero there's not like zero hierarchy in alpine like they tell him to do something and he basically tells him to f off every single time as if he is and knows best
1: yeah, I know what you mean. He's he's hard to like yeah. or, uh, as a fan. As yeah. a fan, he's like, I'm sh- you know, uh, hey, I met the guy. He seemed very nice. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he's a very nice guy. And he's clearly talented. Like, he has beaten Alonso, who we've just given, I just gave a nine. But, yeah, he just sometimes feels like an also-ran. I don't sit there going, God, this guy is the next. He's, he's like Leclair, cons- consistently slightly
2: better than average.
1: Yeah, there you go. So, actually, probably a six is a <laughs> solid... <laughs> School yeah, Alonso and nine. Yeah, and his teammate who beat him six. six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and welcome to After the Second Flag. <laughs> Consistently mad. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I would go I would probably say six point five to seven. I kind of feel like even though he did beat Alonso, I think Alonso kind of did it in a more flamboyant way. Yeah, that's So I it. would I would go as far as saying that they deserve equal ratings. Okay.
1: Fair enough. Uh, So how do we rate Mr. Lando Norris, the first driver into triple points, 122 points on the board, seventh in the championship? The McLaren drive isn't where he should be. I'm, I'm, I'm
2: increasingly enjoying watching Lando outperform the car, get great points, get great finishes. And I know he's come out and said, this is where I need to be if I've got the best chance of winning a world championship. I think the moment a seat comes up, in the mercedes he'll jump on it do you think that's what he's waiting for well forget even thinking that you can get into the other red bull car and win a world championship Mm. ain't happening Mm -hmm. politically never happening ferrari potential i just can't see lando being a ferrari driver i couldn't see signs being a ferrari driver i was nearly proven wrong and then he decided to just completely flop but
1: lando isn't winning a world championship in that mclaren So is this the appropriate time to bring in a regular feature? Oh, conspiracy corner, (laughs) Uh, which has, has featured on this show a few times. It's a fantastic feature and it will be a regular feature moving forward in 2023. And we want to hear your conspiracy as much as ours. So here we go. I'm launching into it. Lando Norris. Yeah. I think he signed, is he signed to 2026 or 2025 with McLaren? It's a long time, isn't it? Hmm. But he is very good friends with a one certain Max Verstappen. He is. Recently seen partying in Monaco. Yeah, until the end of 2025. Max has come out and said recently that he could retire at the end of his current Red Bull contract. Really? Yeah, he's saying, you know, he could see himself, you know, Formula One's only thing, and look, if he dominates and he ends up with three or four championships and blah, 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 he could see himself. Maybe... Lando is eyeing up that Red Bull seat when Max retires. Oh wow! Maybe they've had a conversation, and Max is like, "Hey bro, like I'm on my way out."
2: Yeah, my 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 theory would be going in as the other driver to Max Verstappen, but never great. Okay, yeah,
1: no, no, no. I'm with you. That that's a that's a I'm a second. I'm I'm taking a big paycheck to help one person win the World Championship. Yes, and potentially win some races and have a nice brand around me or whatever. Yeah. So I just wonder, because you're right, I mean, Norris and Mercedes, I'm not certain, but I know Red Bull have been keen on Norris for a very long time. Yeah, they tried to... And I just um, wonder if, you know, he's signed up there till 2025, which means another team is going to have to (laughs) sign... Another team is going to (laughs) have... Twig is now nestled into... Is going to have to buy him out of that contract, which would be a lot of money. So he's staying at McLaren for a while. I agree. I don't see McLaren being championship contenders in that period of time might be wrong but they took a step backwards this year rather than a step forwards mm. and Mercedes I think they're going to be all tied up they got Russell now he's not going anywhere he looks like an absolute surefire bet. Yep. Lewis keeps saying he's sticking around but I he think does. depending on Lewis's contract length Nick DeVries is going to be the surefire next bet, right? Yeah. He's the one that I think they're going to try and groom to replace him to have Russell DeVries. So that's not an option. And Ferrari, okay, we don't quite know what's going to happen with science, but he looks pretty solid. And does Norris want to go against Leclerc at Ferrari? Or was, I mean, Leclerc could, We'll get into that. But yeah, anyway, let, let's see. But I think Norris, solid result. um But I'm going to give him an eight and a half. I don't think he was as strong as he was last year maybe he didn't have the car to be as strong as he was last year but a bit of a quieter season because of it and yeah so I, uh, yeah eight and a half yeah i'd go eight okay so then bottom of the top three teams i know a uh, demotion of four places lewis Hamilton.
2: lewis lewis Lu, lewis lewis Hamilton. Hamilton. there we go it's been turbulent mm-hmm. Is probably the best way and I think both you and I have have looked for all of the little nuggets of information out there to almost back up why it has been turbulent. And obviously, that first initial few races where he really was all over the place, um, it would make sense that him being the, the detail guy, the experienced driver, for Mercedes to go to George, go and drive that thing flat out. Just, just go and try and do what you can with that car, Lewis. Let's let's learn. Let's try and get as much information as we possibly can. And you will be our test driver. Incredibly sad if that is the case, because that's kind of him coming off the back of winning so many world championships to almost be like I don't know, like a
1: research guy, (laughs) a test driver. (laughs) Like, yeah. I think maybe he got a kick out of it. I think. I mean this is the story we're being fed, right? This is the story. The narrative we're being fed is that Lewis spent the first half of the year developing the car, trying to fix the problems, running endless sensors and different setups to, to, to see if they could resolve the issue. So you're right. George was just told to go and deliver. And boy, did he deliver whilst Lewis was hampered by trying a thousand different things from the second half of the season. Lewis really turned up. Yeah. You know, I think maybe from, um, uh, was the Dutch Grand Prix onwards? Maybe we could say. Uh, Lewis looked like Lewis of old, super competitive. He was there or thereabouts for race victories or podiums at pretty much every single race. Um, uh, looked edgy, even if the car wasn't quite there, he was kind of in a position. And at that point, you're like, oh, there, there it is. There's Lewis. Yeah, yeah. And I have to give him a solid result for that part of the season. But... The facts speak for themselves. It's Russell who got the pole positions, the sprint victory, the race victory. Um, It's not Lewis. It's Russell that beat him in the championship. And we don't know the full story. So I therefore give him an eight and a half. Okay. I, I, I can't give him a nine or a nine and a half because he he didn't get the he didn't get those moments. Yeah, Russell did, and so even if he's there still chasing setups and stuff like that, those pole positions came at the last, the second half of the year. It, you know, the part where theoretically Lewis had got on top of the setup, and okay, fine, maybe he he had damage in Brazil that allowed him not to attack Russell in those final few laps. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, I I, I personally I can't give him a nine or a nine and a half just because of where he's finished the championship.
2: Alonso fans are cheering and rejoicing as he gets a better rating yeah I I I, I would I would yeah I kind of feel like I'm obviously rating harsher than you are uh and I'm kind of leaving that upper bracket of like 8.5 to 10 it clear I actually don't think any driver got into that that top tier bracket because that's almost a perfect season no one had a perfect season um go on keep going Seven and a half for Lewis. Woo! Seven and Woo! a half, I think. That is
1: brutal. Um, okay. Uh, not in, nothing, unless you have something to say, nothing else has to be said. No. Moving on. Carlos Sainz. five. Six. You got that victory, didn't you? Did he get two victories? Um, Go my I. He won Silverstone. One thing that you all need to know is that I have the most appalling memory for modern F1. <laughs> like, you know, you can't... But as an ex- encyclopedia... For all of the Schumacher ot- years, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, super weird. So I literally, these, you're, it's going to frustrate you. Well, we were at
2: Silverstone. Oh God, well yeah. And he uh, got he got pole, yeah, and then he won. Well done him. Glad yeah. I remembered that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: but I feel like he won another race, didn't he? Or am I going mad? Um, God, guys, yeah, this is this is um, the worst F one podcast anyone's ever listened to. Yeah, okay. Well, moving on. Oh, yeah, I'll give him a seven. I think, unfortunately. Whilst Ferrari fell apart, and Leclerc, oh, we're going to get into that. He just, he just wasn't as strong, was he? You, if they'd been as competitive as they were at the start of the year, and the championship had been theirs to take, I would have hands down bet on Leclerc all year. Oh, 100 percent. He, he, for for me,
2: Ferrari are obviously legends in the sport, and therefore carry this this weight and pressure as a driver to deliver these results that I still don't have full faith in Leclerc to be able to deliver those results and drive under pressure and not get ahead of himself and the moment. Whereas signs, in a way, whilst he's got the potential to be a race winner, absolutely is not a potential world champion. So not, not the moment. No, but like surely he should be in the peak of his career and yeah. in his performance. So I, I don't think he is
1: a is a get <laughs> really harsh a deserving Ferrari Rob, driver. Ooh, bloody hell. Oh see I think he's a I think he was a very good number 2 this year. Yeah, he was but, there to pick up results when Leclerc wasn't. He did scoot them up. Okay, he made some messes and and Ferrari's strategic blunders and some unreliability caused him a lot of bad luck. But but he was there. He was there, but he just didn't look like someone who would would be able to beat Leclerc over a year to the championship. I don't
2: think there's anyone in the Ferrari team that looks like they can turn up and be the leader that someone in Ferrari needs to be, whether that's from a driver's point of view or from a strategic point of view or just from a constructor's point of view. Mm. There's not a leader in there that can drive everyone forward and almost just bring everyone
1: up with them. I just kind of feel like they're all fumbling around. I think you've literally hit the nail on the head. And I think I think all that success... In those early years with Jean-Todd, you know, you Mm, need a proper um, defining team principal, you know, like who, who, and look at the other teams, Toto Wolff, Christian Mm. Horner, um, that they really have these people to... Haven't they got,
2: they've got rid of um, Benotti, Benotti now? Benotti. Or Benotto.
1: Mattia Benotto. Yeah. I think that was... talk. Yeah, I think it was rumoured that they were going to get... For oh, I, 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 I it, definitely yeah. said in this season's podcast, I need to
2: sack everyone.
1: Yeah, it's oh, it's oh, it's tough to watch as a Ferrari fan. I got to be <laughs> honest, Scott, it was tough. At least they're making good road cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, P four in the championship. Georgie Russell. Ugh. Georgie Russell. Speaking of someone else that we have historically struggled to bond with as fans Mm, don't Um, say
2: that in the past tense still very much present
1: (laughs) i was trying to be nice (laughs) yeah having said that i'm gonna give him a nine and a half really 9.5 out of 10 i think he had an immaculate season yep the season he needed to have the season mercedes needed him to have the
2: the more i was just going to say the more i actually think about his season and his his presence at mercedes uh that abu Dhabi retirement was their first mechanical retirement of the season was it Mm. oh wow so therefore potentially he had the closest to a perfect season george yeah
1: i mean he did have uh he had the instant retirement so didn't he he got got taken out or I mean, he had the clash at Austin at the top of the hill. Yeah. Um. But he did he did get taken out in some other race. Yeah. Well, well, uh, Silverstone. Silverstone. Yeah. So you know, so it, there were some moments, but Mister Consistent. Yeah. Basically finished in the top five for every race that he finished. Yeah. Got that victory over Lewis. Cons. You know, I think qualifying Lewis did beat him, but he was there on the back. So he was everything. I said this is what, you know again to reference Tony. Obviously, you you all know Tony. (laughs) Uh, My arguments with Tony around this are is that at some point, we have to, as a fan base, look to the future, right? And we are Lewis Hamilton fans. And so we're always going to side with him. We're always going to think, oh yeah, but he's got it in the the bank. Like, oh yeah, but if he hadn't sent the first half of the year setting up the car, he would have trashed George and blah, blah, blah. But actually, at some point, someone has to be better than Lewis. He has got to start declining in his speed and his capabilities. The man is nearly 40 years old. He's been in the sport since bloody 2007. You know, if no one can ever beat him, we are in a depressing time for motor racing. Like, you know, no team. And Russell has been proclaimed as the second coming of Jesus for a number of years now. And this, oh, just you wait. And if Russell had turned up and been absolutely dominated by Lewis and just not putting in results, it would have been like, oh, bloody hell. So for the sport, I'm excited. I'm still not a Russell fan. I just... I just it's so harsh because it's purely on a personal level. I don't gel with his personality. I actually think that
2: is um misinformed as a, a personal level because I actually think a lot of his personality has been stripped out of him. And what we see is a very media trained individual that isn't allowed to be himself properly. Whereas you're seeing a lot of the older guys on the grid that are kind of like, F the PR message, I'm just going to be myself. And potentially, we'll see that over the years with George. At the moment, it's very difficult to connect with him because he is and feels so robotic and just says what he's told to say, wears what he's supposed to wear, and kind of just goes with the flow because he's almost happy to be there. But at the same time, he's got this incredible talent that means... He will be able to show with a with a potential world championship winning car what he can do, and I am excited to see next year if Mercedes can figure their car out. What that head to head will do because rivalry will will firstly uh, bring the cream to the top or like cream whatever. rises to the top. Yeah, yep, that one, and um, then also when you've got that rivalry, um, they'll elevate uh, what we saw with Max and Lewis last year, where he just drove off from everyone because. They're in that uh, elevated competition that you might actually see like George not only get faster and better, but as he then obviously like warms into this 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 role of actually I am a world champion or whatever, he'll just be like, like I don't need you to tell me what I'm going to say. I'm just going to be honest and tell what I want
1: maybe I, I i'm i'm totally you know hey look i hope it. so if i had dinner with the guy i'd probably get on with him great but i'm just saying it's purely you know us as sports fans yeah there are people you like and they're probably yeah, like, yeah exactly you never, there's yeah. never really reasons behind it but yeah i i think the one thing which i wish we had got the chance to see which will be fascinating is we never really saw lewis versus george in anger on track yeah i think george really delivered it some with some on track racing against max specifically in barcelona and in brazil but throughout the year but we just didn't quite get that chance to see it so if mercedes and i still don't think we probably would have because
2: every time there was a lewis and george moment that could have potentially been you got george and already going what
1: are we doing here guys yeah what's going on don't <laughs> we something. Like, <laughs> but exactly but i think if there's a a championship winning or a race winning car next year and they're up against it that will be more interesting yeah. for me because how elbows out does george get because he does appear to play the team card so strongly um yeah oh, i don't know but anyway nine nine point five i think fantastic fantastic yeah, season i'll go nine well done uh sergio perez p3 seven and a half
2: Yeah. Stunted. A stunted 7.5.
1: Yeah, 7.5. By
2: his own team. Or or eight. Yeah. (laughs) And Max. (laughs) Obviously,
1: started the year. I was like, my God, it's a nine out of ten. Like, you know, he genuinely looked like he was on Max's level. These new cars suited him perfectly. Like he was going to be in that championship hunt. And and then whether the team changed the car to suit Max more or something else, it just all went away from him. And we now know. Uh, and we should touch on it i guess that all is not uh well necessarily within the ranks or there's there's discontent
2: there is definitely um a, a, a strong political undercurrent at red bull that we knew that was on the surface that max verstappen was the golden boy and whoever was to come in would take a great paycheck but fundamentally be there to service max and 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 his car which Again, going back to these guys being elite athletes, where you you watch interviews with any of them, documentaries on any of them, their their competitive DNA is terrifying to the point where, it, it, in some insti- instances or examples, like it's almost a burden that a loss can affect them so much. And Cristiano Ronaldo's documentary rings so strong in in how. Upset he got as a kid when he lost, and that's why he just wanted to score goals because he knew that's how he'd win matches. And so, for a a racing driver who has just got this in their DNA that they are going to be like as competitive as possible, to then kind of just take the paycheck and go, "Okay, whatever, I'm going to be a Red Bull driver," and and that's that's that. Like, I'm never going to win a world championship. I might win the odd race here and there, which is great, and I can celebrate that. And then everything on all of his work on his job description of helping max gets thrown in his face at brazil to be like come on like this is the moment that you just help me out where it means absolutely nothing to you whether you finish sixth or fifth
1: and then max does that well should we touch on the potential reasons why max did do it we can do and obviously it feels like two of the pod (laughs) Uh, well yeah maybe we'll save it for well it's kind of i'm going to touch on it now Uh, (laughs) this this thought that perez had purposefully crashed in monaco uh, to give himself the advantage over max in qualifying so if you may go back to monaco a Q3, it happened so many times in Formula One, but yeah, Perez basically backed it into the wall just before the tunnel. Session got red flagged. He started ahead of Max, ended up winning the Grand Prix. And apparently, he admitted that within the Red Bull garage and Max was like, well, look, if you're going to be selfish like that, I'm I'm going to be selfish in my own ways. And so, the conversation had been had of, look, we're not helping each other out like that. That's not how clearly how this team works if Sergio was going to do something like that when it was kind of more critical within the championship. So, Clearly earlier in the year Perez was definitely out for himself and was trying to get everything. He hadn't relaxed into I'm the ultimate number two, which I think last year he played that card. Yeah. So yeah, where does this leave Perez now? He's he's clearly been shown and told that's not your role, mate. Yeah. You're not here to win races and win championships. You're only here to score points for the team and pick up the points when Max can't win a race. So
2: when did his performances start to decline in terms of his finishes? Was it after Monaco? That is very interesting. Let me, uh, let me see. Because if, if he came out that weekend and admitted to purposefully crashing in Monaco and won and therefore like scooped up a load of points and kind of took them away from Max, how does that look when potentially Red Bull are unscrewing a few bolts and setting up his car, even if they're setting his car up at like 0.5.
1: It's, it's hard to say exactly. So from up to Monaco, he said so he, he had a Bahrain, we can write off here 18th, but fourth, second, second, fourth, second, first. And then it still continues like that. Second, retired, second, retired. Fourth, fifth, second. Fifth, sixth, first. Second, fourth, third, seventh, third. I mean... It's it, it's a fairly solid it's, oh, a group of um It's a great year, results. a great result. A couple of suspect retirements there. Only one win for science, by the way, now that I'm looking at this. Okay, but yeah, a so couple of suspect it? retirements yeah. just after Monaco. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for him, yeah, how does he view that now? He's clearly been told and, and shown, not only in Max's mentality, but from the team, he is that number two. Yeah, yeah. Does he keep that motivation to be a number two driver? again I mean I guess but they've now potentially got Danny Rick in as the third driver to kind of remind Perez look toe the party line otherwise we've got someone we can slot in instead of you yeah Um,
2: it's It's a difficult position for Perez to be in yeah 100% that I mean I wouldn't want to be in that position um, but I suppose you could argue Perez is coming into the twilight years of his career, potentially. For sure,
1: definitely. definitely,
2: Um, So you kind of have to look at it from that perspective as well. Hey, I'm still driving in a in a car that's got potential to win Grand Prix mm. in comparison to Vettel, who was in
1: an Aston Martin. Yeah, exactly. Or the Force India that he used to be in. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. That. Okay, so then coming on to the top two, Charles Leclerc who at the start of the year, I was like, I will, like I'm wearing the Ferrari jacket every race. (laughs) This is happening. It's finally coming home. Forget the football. It's all about Charlie <laughs> Leclerc, and then uh, about five races in, I went, oh no, he's, yeah. he's
2: still. And then that was around the time that Ferrari came out and said, "No, we just we just wanted to build a fast car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just pro- trying to win to races, prove we could do it. We're not here to win a championship. We
1: said 2024 yeah. was the first.
2: <laughs> Which um, I would I would give Leclerc uh, an eight because I think he he still. Wanted to overdrive the car. He still overdrove the car. He still has characteristics in his drive and his personality that terrify me. That if he was coming into a close world championship battle towards the latter stage of a season, that he would just self combust and throw it all away. <laughs> like I, I know what you. I,
1: I mean. Yeah, there's just If you something. look at if you look
2: at what Lewis did in the latter stages of last season where he needed to win every single race to come into the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix on level points with Max, if if Lewis was going up against Leclerc, there is absolutely no way that Leclerc walks away with that world championship. Yeah,
1: at the moment and we've said it before, you watch Leclerc doing anything fast getting you're, getting you're, pole or when you're just waiting for something to go wrong. Like, <laughs> like, and whether it's him or the team, it just feels so convincing. And I kind of love that about him. Like there's a torture to supporting Leclerc and I am an Leclerc <laughs> fan. But this year he really disappointed me because yeah. not only did he throw away some critical points, I mean, France has to be one of the major like, oh, yeah, he's, yeah. he's not ready. Yeah. Moments when he binned it from the lead at a critical point in the season. But then also, I think, a lot of hot-headedness this year a lot of bickering with the team a lot of kind of looking frustrated and pissed off Science appeared to make the better calls at the right moments in terms of strategy and tyres it you know you were right when you said Ferrari need a leader and in the Schumacher years he was able to be that when other members of the team weren't Leclerc doesn't he he seems to add to the chaos
2: is he too young
1: Maybe too young, you know but they're too fiery, which make, I say makes them so exciting to watch. But in a team where there's chaos, and that you know they can Red Bull are very good at talking Max down, at managing Max. When Lewis used to have his hot-headed years that he's trying to evade, again, McLaren and Mercedes were very good at talking him down. Leclerc, it's, it just adds to the fire. I wonder, the
2: perspective that I've seen over the years and become... Aware of within, let's say, the football world or the sport, or any sports world, is all of these people, whilst they are fundamentally robots doing their craft. Like, look at Max at Mexico and he was told to do 122. He did 122 the entire race. They are human. There is something that Leclerc or keeps coming up with Leclerc that I see on social media surrounding his relationship with his girlfriend. Right. That every single away race there's stuff that comes out that Leclerc's out for dinner with another girl charlotte's is it charlotte yeah charlotte's she's Sunday she's senior. she's at home i don't know whether there's something going on behind the scenes on a personal on a, per, on a personal because it happens with football a lot when when players move to different clubs different countries their entire surroundings change mm. and i wonder whether there's it might not necessarily be but where there's Smoke there's normally fire. Is that the phrase? Yeah. I'm yeah, coming yeah, out of all yeah, of these yeah, phrases. Yeah, you're doing and well. I wonder if on social media, if if people are coming out with these conspiracies, uh that there's some truth to it. And so you think he's going through some issues
1: in his potentially, personal life. Potentially that's distracting him. Potentially. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time for Yeah. Life. It wouldn't be the first time. But yeah, I I just hope we see a stronger, more consistent Leclerc next year and a stronger and a more consistent Ferrari car oh my god tell me about it doesn't catch fire doesn't catch fire that the team know when to put tires on <laughs> Oh, how to put tires on so then we come on to our champion Max Verstappen and I'm not going to waste any time I'm going to give him a 10
2: 9.5 what's didn't the ha- didn't have a, definitely didn't have a perfect season
1: what was the non-perfect moments um purposely crashing into Lewis at Brazil ah! <laughs> which by the way before you Max fans come at me <laughs> <laughs> max has admitted that's what he yeah. did just so you know like i uh, just before you all go oh, let's close the door I, I don't well firstly he had a
2: couple of retirements which i know is red bull's fault at the beginning of the season he had a 50 50 win to retirement record mm-hmm. um so potentially not his fault mm-hmm. uh when he was told to manage his tires he managed his tires when he was told to race like don't get me wrong he was clinical and dominant Mm-hmm. He won the, a record of fifteen wins in a in a in a race championship, which, by the way, if you're in a dominant car, isn't hard to do. Oh
1: no, I disagree.
2: The uh, no, 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 because the amount of races that have been added since the last time that record was broken, I'm going to do the percentage though. Will be like five or ten.
1: No, but it, it's a it's the percentage of races where he's just amazing. But even still, those retirements.
2: The Brazil situation, to me, doesn't warrant a 10.
1: Brazil, for sure. Um, Okay, so hold on a sec. Uh, A 10 out of 10 is a perfect season, which is impossible over, what, 22
2: or 23 races.
1: It's impossible to do. But when... So, yeah, the retirements aside, really the the only dodgy races were the... with Silverstone, Singapore... And Brazil. Brazil, and- his own fault, because, yeah, he just wanted to crash into Lewis for the bands. And also, first quarter of the year, like, Perez was as quick as him. In qualifying. Yeah, but I'm still going to give him a 10. I oh, I oh, think... It, all in- right,
2: Verstappen for Furn. For- <laughs> yeah. Number one Furn over that.
1: <laughs> in a real-life situation, where nice. we've seen over the years with Formula 1, it was like, you cannot have a perfect season. You cannot... No. So then... Pole position and win every You cannot, but... This is nearly as perfect as it gets.
2: For sure, so it's a 9.5. No, 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 no. no. In
1: my mind, if I know that perfection is this, like it doesn't get better than this, therefore he's a 10. Mm. He's a 10, but... (laughs) If he does
2: three more world championships like that and the final one he like manages to improve this season, what's that? 10,
1: still a 10. No, so then this is a 9.5. No, it's a 10, bro. <laughs> so obviously that's this year done and wrapped finished. Up. We wrapped up. We've recapped uh I guess driver performances in quite a whistle-stop way, but you know, we've already spoken for quite a long time. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, if we really went into it, we'd be here for about 14 hours. So many moments like across the year that we should touch on, and actually I think that's probably gonna be our next episode. Um, somewhere around christmas we could do an, our... a, an award ceremony i mean it's not like we planned that <laughs>
2: <laughs> well i mean that's just come out of my head you've obviously planned it and planted the seeds somewhere along
1: conversation over there <laughs> that's exactly what's going to be happening. <laughs> watch out for our flags awards <laughs> which will not be your usual awards um best spin and crash will be one Ooh. um yeah uh, tw- tweet Tweet of the Year, uh, Conspiracy Corner of the Year, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, okay. so, uh, lots of things still to go into. And, and yeah, that's basically... So moving forward, these, these episodes will firstly be a little bit more concise. But they're going to follow kind of formats. We're going to have regular features. Firstly, we're going to have guests on. We're going to have not sort of your, I guess, traditional... F1 experts, we're going to get F1 fans on like we are. So And dogs. And dogs, because Twiggy <laughs> is determined part of the show. Um, we're going to have a, so yeah, regular features, which will be uh, ones that you can get involved with, whether that's Conspiracy Corner or, 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 or uh, highlights or gossip from the track. Maybe you went to a race and you saw something happen. I know TG went to Mexico oh. and saw Lewis get smacked on the head by a camera yeah. crew and that never appeared anywhere. So, you know, there'll be lots of these kind of elements that, that you can get involved in. And our plan is to be here with you every couple of weeks. So more like an F1 show than a specific race review. If there is a race taking place or a race just been, of course we'll be talking about that. But it's just about chatting F1 in general. If you've been listening to us and you want to watch us, you want to see what's going on, you want to see why Twiggy's been so annoying during this episode, uh, head over to Recast and search Behind the Glass. You'll find all the forthcoming after the checkered flag episodes on there, you'll also find uh, early access and live streams of recordings with Tony and I for the main show, uh, and additional bonus content with him. Um, and you can follow us there, but you can also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most of your podcast players. If you want to follow Paul, he's at Wallace PJW on most social media platforms. And I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. And you can keep your eyes out for After Checker Flag content, all the places we mentioned, including TikTok, Instagram stories, and things like that. So we'll be back with you for the 2022 After Checker Flag awards in a few weeks time. Cannot then. wait. I've just ruined your outro. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.